0: The topic for today's podcast is of utmost importance. Yet some people ignore it or deny it, while others redefine it or minimize it, and some even accept it or embrace it. Since near the beginning of time, this topic has affected and infected every person, every day, everywhere. It's pervasive, penetrating, powerful, and pernicious. I'm not talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about sin. It's an emotionally charged word with good reason, but we can't avoid it. In fact, a better understanding of sin actually gives us greater hope and gratitude. We need sobering reminders that sin is real and has the potential to destroy our personal lives, cherished relationships, and family dynamics. We also need glorious reminders that God's grace is greater and deeper than sin. Let's consider a fascinating passage from Zechariah. In 538 BC, King Cyrus of Persia allowed Israel to return to their land from exile. Two years later, temple rebuilding started, but it stopped prematurely because the workers were distracted. When Darius came to the throne, Israel feared he might retract permission to build. So Zerubbabel and Joshua encouraged the people to finish the work quickly. The people, however, lost their zeal. Enter Zechariah the prophet challenged, discouraged, and pessimistic Israelites to complete the rebuilding of the temple and reorder their own spiritual priorities in order to restore covenant blessings. In the first four chapters of Zechariah, Israel was admonished to repent and given hope that God would punish the nations while he prospered and protected them. Beginning in chapter 5, the tune changes. Comfort turns into judgment. God needed to purge iniquity. Untold glories awaited the faithful remnant, but the stench of sin must first be cleansed. Zechariah 5, verses 1 to 4, masterfully portrays God's character as it aggressively confronts man's sinfulness. First, we see that God's holiness opposes sin in verses 1 and 2. It says, Again, I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, a flying scroll. And he said to me, What do you see? And I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and its width 10 cubits. Now what an unusual sight. Imagine a gigantic scroll hovering above you. In ancient times, a scroll was a standard media for important messages. This scroll was flying to symbolize an imminent and vital message of judgment descending on God's people as the living word of God. The enormous size of it made the message plain and unmistakable. It measured 30 feet by 15 feet, the same size as the holy place within the temple. In other words, God's holiness produced this bold judgment against sin. Second, God's righteousness purges sin. Verse 3. Then he said to me, This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals shall be cleaned out according to what is on one side and everyone who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. This verse and the next explain the flying scroll vision as a curse for breaking the covenant. Stealing and swearing are mentioned as two sins that represent the middle commandments of each half of the Ten Commandments. In other words, the Israelites had broken their covenant oath with the Lord and His righteous anger delivered a curse to them, a curse that would purge unrighteousness. Next, God's wrath consumes sin, verse 4. I will send it out, declares the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief and the house of him who swears falsely by my name, and it shall remain in his house and consume it, both timber and stones. The Sovereign Lord was about to punish sin. Notice the sequence, I will send it out, it shall enter, it will remain and consume the active and aggressive nature of God's wrath against Israel's sins unmistakable. God's holy and horrible judgment abides on those who persist in wickedness. Not only will it abide in the house of the sinner, it will actually completely consume it. The timber and even the stone will be demolished. God pours out his wrath in order to cleanse Israel of the disease of sin and prepare them for future glories. Now listen, Were it not for the gracious death of our Savior, we too would be cursed. All who commit even the slightest sin are condemned, but Jesus Christ became a curse for us. He consumed the wrath of God in our place. Believers are saved from the consequences of sin, but the residual effects of sin remain. Although defeated on the cross, sin is still our enemy. It is still a dangerous threat. Our victory is secure in Christ, but right now, today, you must count the cost of sinning. I encourage you to put sin to death by continually rehearsing, reiterating and rejoicing in the truths of the gospel. God's grace is your strength. God's glory is your transformation. Let's not be lulled to spiritual sleep. Let's not minimize or ignore sin. Let's fight with our eyes fixed on Christ, knowing that sin is defeated and our life is hidden with him in glory.